This is Parenting with Vanessa Colon's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about relationships. Again, this seems to be my topic a lot lately, since the work that I do is relationship-based. So um, I was talking to a parent, and I she was asking me some questions, and I thought for sure I, I did a podcast on the subject, and come to find out, I did not. And this is actually the of like how I work. So I was really confused how I didn't have this. So what I want to talk about is when you're constantly telling your child no, and they keep doing it over and over and over again, right? So you're just like kind of like beating your head against the wall, it feels like. So one of the things that I do in that I've, that's when I see a child actually struggling or like a parent is saying no over and over again, I'm looking at like what happened before, right? And the question is like, does the child have the language? Does the child know what to say? Is the body moving faster than the brain on some level? So for example, if you have a little kid, and I have seen this in so many preschools, kindergarten, first grade, you know, especially during like unstructured time, when it when a child is playing right? They're doing blocks and everything else. And so maybe there's like two kids playing and then you have the third coming in, right? So the third comes in and then destroys everything. And you're just like, what just happened? And, and maybe they're doing that repeatedly and you're seeing a pattern. So to me, if you're seeing a pattern and you keep telling the child, no, the question is, well, what can they do differently? So you start, you have to start looking at when you see behaviors or other things happening, what can you do differently to help support the child? Right. So you want to make sure that you, that, and my dog right now is whining because I put treats on this, on the counter and this isn't working for me. So we'll see how long this will last. Um, so she's trained me, but for example, the child that is constantly, you know, knocking things over, running and pushing things to me, I'm all, does the child know how to ask to play? I mean, maybe the child is doing that because the child doesn't know how to ask. So then you have to take that step back and be like, okay, well, no, don't do that. No, we don't do that. And then the child gets put in timeout or whatever, or, you know, I don't, I'm not a timeout person. I'm more like, okay, we're going to take a break, but I'm not going to be a timeout. So the question is, what do you do instead? And how do you teach? Right? So that's kind of where I'm coming from is like, how do I teach the child, the correct social interaction that you want to see? So for example, if you're constantly saying, no, the child's not learning anything right? It's just like, oh, here goes another situation. Then it's gone and you're just done. And like, what just happened? And the child didn't learn, except you got frustrated. The child got frustrated. There's probably a break in the relationship on some level, but you want to make sure that you're actually working with the child on teaching them and doing that. So for example, you know, once the break happens, right? So the child comes over, breaks all the toys and it's a disaster. And then everyone's like upset. I would say, okay, we're going to do a rewind. And that's what I call it, a rewind. And sometimes I like actually physically like make it silly and like, okay, let's do that again. And I'm going to give the child the language. I'm going to say, okay, um, we're going to try this again. I'm going to help them rebuild it. I'm going to have the child help that what he did, what he meant to mess up and give him the language. I'm not going to say, well, what are you going to say? Because obviously if he broke the blocks, he didn't know what to say. So here we go. We're back at square one. So you want to make sure that you're giving the child the language. So, and so when they're going into a group of, you know, two other kids playing, there's a third person say, okay, let's rewind this, do it again. Can I play, but model it and then coach the other kids. I mean, some kids are going to say no, and you know what? That's perfectly okay. And explain to the child that maybe they don't want to. And you have to understand certain dynamics, especially in social dynamics. Once you get into a, a, a group of three, that's a lot harder for some kids to navigate. 
I mean, that's some of the things you're just like, oh, here we go. Like, this is just, it's really hard. One-on-one is great, especially when you have an adult who can scaffold and do everything else. And then maybe another child, maybe that child is really close with the other kid. And and maybe that they're, they might be developmentally, emotionally older. So they're able to scaffold the behaviors that are happening. So it depends on the child, but then you get a third per third, you know, another person in and a party of three going on. It's a lot harder. So these are the things. So like one of the things I call is the rewind and the redo the R's, right? So how do we do that? And then when do you do that? So I have kids all the time that I'm constantly like, okay, you know, for example, even running in the hallway, no, we're going to go do it again. We walk, right? It's a safety issue. I mean, I have stairs and steps and like, I don't need anybody getting pushed down the stairs or they're, you know, and my kids definitely have some set like body awareness issues so they can easily fall and trip. And so it's like, nope, let's practice that again. Let's rewind it and redo it. Now, when you have a child and the, and this is when you keep seeing the same thing, because I do believe children, if they can do something well, they're going to do it well, right? If they know how to do it, they're going to do it. But when you have kids that maybe their body is faster than their mind, right? So for example, I have this kid, I have a story. I'll never forget this. I have this kid. This was like 10 years ago. And it's one of my favorite ones. Cause I just, I just watched it play. I was telling the kid, I go, Hey, like time to slow down. Cause he's running. But by the time that he was, by the time that I told him to slow down, that he processed it, he already ran into a kid and the kid went flying because this kid was like, you know, just, just all around, just like rounder. Right. And by the, but just had a really hard time understanding his body where, where he is in space. So definitely like that's something where an occupational therapist can help. But, but by the time he processed the information to stop, the kid was already like on the floor. Like that, it was like he tackled him down, but it wasn't coming from like a malicious place. It's coming from a place of like, well, I don't know where my body is. I'm processing and maybe my body's going faster than my brain and for me to slow down. Right. So these are the things to think about. So it's not like, oh my God, my kid keeps hitting this other child over and over again. No, it could be that they, he wants to play with them or she wants to play with them and they don't know how to interact. They don't have the skill set at that moment to be able to say, Hey, I want to play. Now, another thing, turn-taking, right? Oh my goodness. That's a big one, right? You know, and one of the ways I start with turn-taking is by doing connect four. So they're each one will take a black and a red one, you know, those little circles, whatever you want to call them. And that's an actual visual. I'm not going to actually be playing the game, but I'm just looking at some basic turn-taking skills or, or coming in and like being out, Hey, can I play? And then the basic of understanding, like we all take turns, you know, or the kid that's going to be like, they're all playing and he just comes in and grabs everything. I mean, that's when you want to take a step back and be like, does he have, does that, does the child have the language? I want that. Right. Can I have that? Um, can I play, you know, some basic skills that can be really difficult. Cause it's almost like the body goes before the mind hits. And then all of a sudden you have a kid that's trying to, you know, play, but then a disaster hits and then nobody wants, then again, there's that shaming that goes with it too, because then nobody wants to play with the kid because no one's teaching. Everyone's just saying, no, don't do that. No, don't do this. But what can they do instead? That's what I want you to think about. What can you do instead to teach the taught child the skill set to do it? Right. I mean, we're doing that all the time with adults. I mean, I need help sometimes even with like just interacting with adults sometimes because I don't know. I have a, <laughs> I like children better, but that's just me. Um, but it's just, how do we teach, you know, the social skills, like for me to go in to some groups, like I'm really, you know, I'm like a social butterfly. I could talk and talk and no problem, but <gasps> there are certain personalities that I just like, I can't fake it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like some people know how to like 
fate, you know, to know like, even if they don't really care for that person that much, they, they're still nice. Like if, you know, if I don't really like, I'm not going to fake it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I need some like social cues on that. And there's also like what we call the social fake, right? Where, and I think this is by Michelle Garcia winner who looks at the social skills aspect of like, okay, when you go to someone's house, and they make you a meal and you don't really like it. Like I have to teach kids this, like, okay, you say, thank you. And you're not going to say, oh, I don't like it. It's I mean, you're just not going to, there's like a social norm that we do, right. That we have to follow on some level. And these kids don't, might not have that at that time. I just went off onto another tangent. So I apologize. So let's go back to the child that's constantly, you know, saying you're constantly saying, no, don't do it. Don't do this. And so like, I want you to think about when you're start saying no over and over again, and the same behavior keeps happening over and over again, how can you change the dynamic to where you're actually teaching versus telling him no? I don't tell children no until unless it's very serious. And that's a safety issue because I really want them to listen to me. Because if you're constantly telling them no over and over again, they just learn they don't have to listen to you. So there you go. So then you have a couple other things going on. And I also don't use the name that much. I will use other things and do other and do other things. Like, I don't know. Uh, they don't like when I call them hun. That kids made it very clear. So whatever it can be. But to me, that's a safety issue. I really need them to listen. And also if you're telling them no over and over again, and you're just screaming from across the room, they're also not going to listen. So you want to make sure that you are physically next to the child as you're talking to them. You're, you're actually, you're having physical contact and you're touching the child. So they're processing the information because that's one of the things I think people are missing. You're just yelling across the room, getting frustrated, and then they're still doing it. And then it escalates to the next thing. Now, once the behavior happens, I'm really, you know, this is in my school all the time. If something comes up in my school, I want, I'm not, I'm not going to say sorry. And I've done another podcast. I'm like, I can't, I hate the word sorry. I mean, it doesn't mean anything like you need action to me. I need to like, show me you mean it. Right. And that's what matters. Not saying sorry over and over again. And there's just no meaning behind it. So I, once a behavior happens or they destroy something, they can help the child build. But I also want to say, how did that make you feel? right? So you're actually teaching empathy, right? Like, okay, your behavior right now, um, has a consequence. Maybe they don't want to play with you, but what you don't want is that behavior happening over and over again. And kids don't want to play with you because who's teaching the right behavior. If you're not like, whose fault is it then? And in my mind, it's, it's the person that they're with the adult, because they should be teaching that, you know, I'm not going to be sitting here, you know, well, I mean, yeah, the child having this behavior, but like you need to teach, we need to start teaching kids like how to interact, the social stuff, but also understand that there, there is, you know, a consequence for this behavior. Cause some kids might not want to play. So then how do you go back and go, okay, so I didn't like that. Great. So how can we make this better? There always has to be a repair. So we got the redo, rewind and repair. When you do those steps, you are building the child's confidence. You're building the relationship. You're building the social skills aspect. You're actually like teaching them a new way of interacting with their peers versus being the kid that's constantly getting in trouble because he doesn't know a different way or she doesn't know a different way. So like, how do you support them? And this is a really important topic that I just, you know, this is just what I do all day long. It's constantly like, okay, well, we're going to redo that. Right. So if a child's like taking a piece of paper from another kid, I'm going to give the paper back to the other child. And then I'm going to prompt the child and say, can I, can I play with that? Or can I have it? And if the other child says, no, 
you know, I might get, you know, there might be like a couple words exchanged that are not nice, but then we work through it. The goal is that you have to work through it. And to me, whatever happens on Tuesday stays on Tuesday and you move on. You know, recently I had something come up where the child got really upset. And one day I told him, this was on like a Sunday. I told him, I said, listen, what happens on this day stays on this day. Right. And it was like, it was just a really hard session. And then I came on Monday and I said, can I prove to you that when I say it's over and I want to start over, like it's that, that that's real. And I said, watch, I'm not going to talk about what happened yesterday. And you have to trust me that that's the case that changed everything. Like it's already done. If a child has impulsivity issues, you know, you don't want to hold on to what they just did because it's a con it's a constant reminder. And then you're constantly talking about it. And it's like, they're living in that self-fulfilling prophecy in my mind of like, well, they're already going to think I'm going to do it. It's just like when I see people go in, well, you're not going to hit, you're not going to kick, you're not going to do these things at school. Right. Well, guess what? You just put it in the front mind. And to me, I'm going to be like, okay, do you think you can control your body today? Can you try? I'm always going to say, can you try? Because even if they try between nine to 12, that's still successful. So if you're at school from nine to three and at two 30, there's a hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're telling a parent at two 30, there's a hit. Like, well, what happened with the other hours? Like they were successful. Like you want to keep things as positive as you can, because kids are really struggling with these, the social, you know, the social aspect and how to make friends. And maybe sometimes their body goes faster than their mind and they're still trying to catch up, or maybe they're just, they don't have that body awareness. And again, that's where an occupational therapist will come in handy, but it's really important to understand that like, when you keep saying no over and over again, take a step back, do a check-in with yourself and then look at the situation and go, Hmm, how can we make this different? You want to be able to, okay, let's try that again, but do it when they're calm. If you have a kid that's completely escalated, I'm not going to sit here and talk to them. You want to make sure that they're not saying anything. You're calm. Well, yeah, I mean, well, they're going to be screaming at you anyways, but that when they're calm, this is when you do the redo and the rewind because they can process the information. Children, when they are super upset, they don't process anything. It's just like my other podcast went ziplining and like, I don't know, certain times, like I just don't process the information on how to like, like safety measures. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have my own issues on, around me, like, you know, not being able to process information when I'm really stressed. I mean, that kids are the same. I think that's really important to understand that like, we have all these expectations on children that children need breaks. Children need to regroup. And so do we as adults, but we don't think children need that too. Children are going to have bad days and good days. And it's always one step forward, two steps back or vice versa. I have no idea what that saying is again, two steps. Yeah. Two steps forward, one step back. But to understand that as you're teaching, you're going to see more days of that, that the child's confidence is going up. You're practicing more. Again, don't say, well, what did I just teach you? Or what do you say? Like that, when I hear that, I'm literally like, oh my God, please stop. Don't do it. Just give the language, just spoon feed the language because the body's going so fast. The mind's not processing things. They're not getting the language as is. So do you think by asking that? No, it could escalate to something else. So you want to be like, okay, say this, can I want to play or I didn't like that. Or if they get super frustrated, they hit like, just say, I'm mad. Like those are the things that you just want to spoon feed language. Just give it to them. Make sure that you have the redo, the rewind. And then also that they, you, that the child is understanding that like, okay, I can be successful with my friends when I actually do this and keep practicing it. So you're not going to, you know, for me, I'm going to practice it maybe three times in that day. Cause if I taught something, I want to make sure it stays. So you want to keep it going. And I think that's a really important, you know, thing to think about is like, as kids are becoming more successful with their friends, you're going to see their confidence going up. You're going to see less behaviors and you're not screaming as much. So, I mean, it's just all around better for everybody in the whole family. But again, like when you're constantly telling a child no over 
and over and over again. Take a step back, look at what you're saying no and why you're saying no. And it's not that the child, like the child hits another kid, maybe, you know, maybe they wanted the toy that was going on. It's not them being malicious. They just don't have that words in that moment to get what their needs met. So what do they do? They use the physical, I don't even say physical aggression because that just seems like just, you know, physical interaction. <laughs> Cause I, that's, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big word for like kids that I feel like are just struggling when it's not like they're, I mean, they are aggressive. Don't get me wrong, but again, going on different tangents doesn't make any sense. But when you see that physical and it's not like, it's not this malicious kid that's trying to go after somebody. It's really that they really, they're, they need to get their needs met. The only way they know how to do it is to take the item from the person or, you know, push it over, destroy everything. I don't know. I have another podcast that talks about, you know, reinforcement and consequences and how that looks. But this is the, the child that I'm talking about is the one when you have a social situation going on and they destroy something as they're entering into the group. They don't know how to enter. They're not sure how to get the other kids to play with them. Their interactions are just kind of, you know, more aggressive than the others. And maybe their body's going faster than the brain. So like, how do we stop that? I mean, I will even have a kid. And also when you're doing this, make sure you're physically next to the child because you also want to make sure the other kid doesn't get hit. Cause you know, you, you want to block any hits. So, and you probably, if anyone's listening on this, I'm like, what kids hit all the time and it's normal. Like it's, it is what it is. Like children are children and that's how they get their needs met. And then, but it's our job as adults to be able to prep them, learn, teach them the self-regulation skills, give them the language needed. So they are successful and they do build that confidence, but the social emotional learning piece is huge. But you also, the last thing I want to say is the check-in afterwards. You want to make sure that, you know, how did that make your body feel? How did that make you feel? And you want to have a repair afterwards. Like, so you do something for the child. You know, I, and one time I had a child do like, I don't, he went off of me for something and I don't even remember. We had a huge blow up. And I was like, I just need a break. And, you know, I don't know what happened. And then he went into the other room. He's like, I'm just really angry. And, you know, I was just in class. And then he showed up with a coffee for me. That's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, that was his apology. I'm not going to sit there and say, say sorry. No, that was his apology. Actions show that he's, he thought of me. They, they, he, made a, he made the situation you know, fixable. And then we dropped it and we moved on. And then we went right back to what we were were fighting about, which was a worksheet that he didn't want to do because he was, he, when I handed him a piece of paper, it was almost like too many questions on one piece of paper and his anxiety goes up. So then how do you support children that like are anxious and then they act out? So again, it's like teaching that empathy piece and the repair and, and how to keep the relationship not broken. And to let things go, but to make sure that you're constantly always teaching. If you're saying no nonstop, that's your clue right there. Hmm. What do they need to know? And the best thing I say is like, I love you too much to fight. I'm not going to fight with you. I am not going to engage in an argument with a child. That to me is like, well, then they just won the battle because then it just, it keeps going. Any fighting, I always say when, when, when everything gets heightened, right? Everyone just needs to take a break, relax, stop, regroup, like rewind the whole situation. And just cause you can say some mean things. I know that I have, for me personally, I, my mind goes a hundred miles an hour and I do have a, a, like, 
I, I, I definitely have more of a sharp tongue sometimes when I was younger, but like I've had to control that and it's making sure that I keep my relationships and that I know how to, I'm not going to say things in a heated argument. Right. And I've had to learn that from my past relationships where like, I have to take a break. I just need my space and then I will come back in and things can be worked out. That to me is really important. But again, that had to be taught to me. That wasn't natural, right? And I have, I've, and I've dated some people in the past that love to like instigate fight, that just love to fight. And to me, I'm like, this is just too much work. Like, well, fighting to me is just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's too much work. But some people like it, and some kids like it. That's how they interact. That's how they get the attention. They're looking for that negative attention. But for me, it's like, how do we switch that to be like, okay, you're you're gonna enjoy the positive attention just as much, and your actions have consequences, and. You even repairing it, you repairing that relationship is so important that you'd want to come back to school the next day because you want to be with your friend versus if it's not repaired, everybody separated, right? Because so-and-so did the X, Y, and Z. So if everybody's separated, no one's playing, no one's learning anything, then they go home thinking about what happened that day. And that's what we don't want. We want to make sure when they leave the school or the end of the day, when they leave that person, that that relationship has been repaired because or you just get stuck in your head and it's at this wheel. And that's what we don't want. So I hope this helps my book, shut up and parent. It talks about all these tips and different ways to communicate, but really looking at like, where can you help the child who is struggling? What language to use, how to break things down for the child? Because sometimes that's what we just need to do. Again, you know, you want to do the redo or rewind, whatever you want to call it, but call it, label it, tell the child, we're going to do the rewind. And this is what it's going to look like. And again, give them the language, have them check in, have the repair. The repair again is the, sorry. It's, you know, I was that kid. Oh, my mom. Oh, this is hilarious. My mom would get really mad and she would get, you know, she would get really mad at always with me. Um, we just, you know, it was, we're doing, we're uh, as adults, it's a lot better, but I was always doing something, but my mom would go in her room and lock the door. And then I would go downstairs and I'd be like, okay, I have to wait like 10 minutes. And then I'd go up and say, sorry, but it didn't mean anything. Like it never meant anything. I just knew that my mom needed the sorry. Right. Or she just needed something on there, but like, then it we're back on track. But like, to me, I'm like, it was so empty because I didn't care. I just did it again the next day. <laughs> and like, so how do you, like, I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand the consequences or what I was doing at the time because I wasn't taught that I wasn't taught to be like, well, you know, I didn't really like that because X, Y, and Z, or when you do that, this makes me feel this way. And that's where I think is really important to understand that children still need that three years old, five years old, seven years old. I mean, I'm 42 and you know, I still need some coaching sometimes <laughs> and take it. Cause I'm always learning from the kids. The minute I think I know everything I'm in trouble cause I don't at all. And I think that, you know, people come in your life to, to teach you how to react and like what you're going to do. Cause again, half, half the things that happen to us is more the reaction that we do versus the actual incident. So hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will be doing one uh, next on is really cool intervention I did on accident. Didn't realize how great it was uh, until afterwards with another one of my kids who's older with one of my newest, newest ones. Um, but this is definitely a podcast for another family that I realized I did not have. And so I realized this is the meat of what I do. So I needed to have this out. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks.